This is Radio Influence. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good Friday morning, my friends. It is Duffified Live. I am super excited. I had a really crazy, fun kind of week. Um, This past week, I went up to Lake George, hung out with some friends, brought Fiona and one of her friends up. Fiona's my daughter, brought the dog up. Her and I, uh, we got to get her in the water, got to get her to hang out with my friend's uh, 100-pound boxer. But one of the things that I did the other day, I was out last week doing uh, evaluations. I went into two clients, one in West Virginia, one in Dayton, Ohio. And on my way home from the Dayton, Ohio trip, I had about eight hours in the car. And a lot of times when I'm in the car, I, I, I literally will bang out as many phone calls as one human being possibly could. We have a link that we use that goes directly to my calendar so that people can communicate with me. All they have to do is click a link. It goes directly to my calendar. And I am a phone call machine, a master of maximizing the time in the car so that I can get as much done as possible. I will, whether it be having conversations with friends, whether it be reaching out on professional levels or personal levels for different things, I really spend uh, as much quality time in my car as I can because I'm working. You know, when I'm on a plane, I can't make a phone call, but I can bang a menu out. When I'm home, phone calls are few and far between because of the fact that I've got to run around like a maniac. All right. So, but when I'm in a car and I'm focused, I'm paying attention. So what I did the other day was I did a live video because I had a conversation with a friend of mine, a client of mine who wanted to let me know that somebody, they had to fire somebody, um, that they had to, uh, they had to let, they had to let go one of their chefs and it kind of sucked because that person was given an opportunity. So I posed a couple of questions out there to Facebook live. So if you can go over to my Facebook page, which is just chef Brian Duffy, scroll down a little bit. And there's a live video in there that I did last Friday. Yeah. Last Friday, I believe that Friday, Thursday, last Thursday when I was driving home, um, that I did. I'll put it up to the top of the page so you guys can see it. I want you to go listen to it because I actually invited in a couple of people to throw in some questions Um, because we were talking about hospitality. We were talking about the disconnect that we're really finding on a daily basis within the restaurant industry, how, how servers are being replaced by iPads, how we're limiting options and, 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 and offerings because of the fact that we're having a hard time getting people to do the jobs. And I just don't understand why I don't, I can't wrap my finger about it. Look, I am a student of, of life. I am, I am a well-traveled individual. I am a well-educated man. I know my business. I know what I do. I, 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 I share this information on a daily basis with people. I communicate. I deal with staff. I talk about empowering and engaging and, and, and educating the people that work for you, whether it be the hospitality industry, the computer industry, the medical industry, 
we are in the business most of us, a lot of us, of interacting with people. It's like when you go to the doctor's office and you get a bitch behind the counter. Like, I don't want to be in the doctor's office in the first fucking place. Why is it that you're going to be a bitch to me and then make me sit in the waiting room for 25 minutes when my appointment is at 930? Okay. So I posed all of these questions out to people and I'm going to do the same thing this week. I, I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to go. I want you to go to my Facebook page, Chef Brian Duffy, and I want you to send me a message because I'm going to read some of these questions next week. Okay. Go to the page. You know what? Let, we'll even make it easier. You can go to Duffified Live on Instagram. I'm sorry, on Facebook and send me the questions directly through there. So go to Duffified Live, send me a question, and I'm going to read some of your questions to start off next week's show. And I want to do this a little bit more often because I, I find that that so many people are in the same boat that I am. Even though I'm in the industry, I'm really struggling trying to find out why people just sabotage their job, why they're why they're ruining their 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 future. You know, I don't understand how the hospitality industry is is moving forward at this point with the amount of restaurants that we have, with the the subpar, mediocre people that we're hiring to be in our industry to work our futures, our retirement plans, our mortgages on our house. I don't understand it. And I don't understand why these people are coming to work and then quitting in a, in a day or in an hour or in a week. I, I just don't get it. I want to know why. And if you guys have answers, send them to me. If you guys have questions, send them to me. I, I have a, a good thought on this and we're going to spend a lot of time next week kind of talking and diving into this. I may even do just a whole show dedicated to this, but this, this week we're talking to a pretty awesome chick. Uh, her name is uh, Zaya Mara Hall. Uh, she's a chef and owner of Tropical Barbecue, bar personal chef. Um, she was on a reality show, um, Supermarket uh, Superstar, which was a really cool show that aired in uh, 2013 and all that. And it was kind of a neat little world. They, they give you the opportunity to get a product and take it to market. So we started to talk about Z, about some of this stuff. Um, we, we kind of took a couple of, uh, of, of forks in the road. We discussed some of the opportunity that we have, um, you know, with, with the market, where we are these days with marketing and stuff like that. We talk about some dating. Uh, we actually have a great conversation in regards to the fact that um, Z is a gold star wife. Um, her husband passed away uh, while in Iraq. Uh, I believe it was Iraq. Um, and, uh, you know, she has four kids and she's what she's doing at this point to kind of make all that move forward. And, uh, it was a really good, good interview and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. So everybody do me a massive favor and welcome to Duffified Live, Jeff ZMR Hall. Hey, what's going on ZMR? Hi, how are you doing? I'm pretty awesome. It's super, super hot on the East coast. I'll tell you that much. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in Palm Springs right now. It's maybe 104 today. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, but we've got humidity. You guys have palm trees year round. Right. Yeah. And you guys we've are. Got, we've, we've got it going on here in Southern California. I have to. Yeah, do. you got. You guys do. I love it out there. My brothers live out there, so and I'll actually be out there in a couple of weeks. I love getting out there whenever I can. And actually, I stayed in Borrego Springs one of the last times I was out there. Oh, that's beautiful out there. Borrego's awesome. That tiny, tiny, yeah. there's like one tiny little town right there. And yeah. uh, a little Mexican spot there. I forget the name. It's so good. 
And there's <laughs> all, but there's also a great little bar that's in that town as well. Yeah. And it's called Every like bar's good. it's like Lucy's or Kathy's or or I can't even remember, but I was I had a yep. I spent a great uh, kind of two days out there. It's amazing. Nice, nice. All right, so before people say, wait, hold on, who are we talking to? Uh, why don't you do me a favor? Tell me uh, your name, who you are, and basically tell us how we can get in contact with you. My name is Ziamara Hall. I am a private chef and caterer for Tropical Barbecue. And um, uh, email is tropicalbbq at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all Tropical Barbecue. Um, I do private events. I do a lot of charity events, uh, reality rally. I work with uh, TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, because I am a military uh, widow. And, um, yeah, and I cook really well. (laughs) <laughs> very, very nice. I like it. So let's let's go let's go deep here. So so tropical barbecue and a lot of what you do um, is really more of the Caribbean flavors and that sort of stuff. So how, what what brought you to this world of being in the hospitality industry? You know, it's funny. My degree is in accounting. I was a, 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 an accountant for fifteen years, and uh, when my husband passed away. I just had this epiphany, like, I want to do what I want to do, what I love doing, which is cooking. So I have no formal training. I was born and raised on the island of uh, uh, Puerto Rico, so I had my Caribbean roots. And moving to California, it's more Mexican food here, um, not a lot of Caribbean ingredients. Um, I've traveled all over the world, so I like, you know, everywhere you go, there is a version of something you know. So an empanada is basically a calzone in Italy, you know, or a dumpling in Asia. And so I like using the different flavors, but always have it, having the Caribbean roots um, in terms of the, the cuisine that I do. And it, people seem to like it. <laughs> so I, I get kind of crazy with stuff. Like I'll do a, a paella and it'll have coconut milk in it, which is more of a Thai influence. Right. Um, paella being, you know, the Spaniard dish with the, with the seafood. Um, so I like kind of mixing the flavors from all those different travels that I've done. Africa, Asia, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Jerusalem. It just, I love it. And you, I am, I'm actually on your website right now. Your website's okay. really, your website's really good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's super marketing, bright marketing and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, you see a lot of websites and they're very kind of cookie cutter and kind of basic and, but yours yeah. is, I love this recipe page, by the way, everybody. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm on CaribbeanFoodsInc.com, which is uh, mm-hmm. Z's website. Z, you said call you Z. Yeah, you can just call me Z. Okay, so I'm on your website, and there's this really cool recipe page, which I love. It's got a plate in the center with mustard seeds around it, pickling spice okay. and uh, star anise around that, and then really, is that sand? Uh, no, it's salt. It's salt. It's it's. A, I love yeah. this website. You did that? Yeah. Did you do this, or did somebody do it for you? Uh, they they helped me with it. it, it it's my con- it, the concept is mine, but. Right. I had help with it. I'm, I'm not a techie person. So. No, you did a great job. It's a really good website. I like it a lot. And it's super Thank simple you. and to the point. Yeah, nice job. Well, yeah. when I see cool stuff like this, like like you're, you know, you're a private chef. Your 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 website should be dedicated to food. It's a really nice nice. Well, sorry. I don't mean to go off Thank on a you. tangent here. But, but no, you got a hell of a great <laughs> website. So, so yeah. how did you get so how did the how did you make the transition? From the accounting world. Okay, so so first off, let's go back. What you, you were a military wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, and your husband yes, I was, was uh, my my yeah. husband was uh, he was a major. He was possibly he was a lieutenant colonel select. 
um, and he was the highest-ranking African-American officer to be killed in the war to date. Uh, wow. He'd gone to Iraq, and um, I'd been a military spouse for six years. And, uh, you know, he was deployed all the time. We were, you know, we, we were your average family, really, I mean, from a military standpoint. And uh, after he passed away, I, I took a year off. And uh, I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to cook. Like it's, it's, you know, everything we do is around food. People don't realize how important food is, but if you're celebrating a birthday, you have a cake. If you're doing a wedding, there's food. If you're doing Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, everything revolves around food because it's, it's sustenance, it's life. Um, one of the, the most rewarding things at the restaurant was that I was bringing flavors that were not available um, in Temecula, New Orietta area. Um, that people miss, you know, doing the, the mofongos, doing the empanadas, doing the tostones, the maduros. Um, and it's, it brings you back. It brings you, you know, it, 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 it's home, you know, it brings you back to your childhood or what have you. Right. And, um, so the, the, the transition for me was pretty easy only because one, I missed the food. Um, my children obviously know about it and they enjoyed it, but I knew there was a whole community that enjoyed it as well. But anybody who's been to the Caribbean, you know, everybody always knows jerk chicken, right? If you went on your honeymoon to, if you went on your honeymoon to Jamaica, you're going to think about jerk chicken. Or if right. you've been to Puerto Rico, you're going to think about what you ate there. So it, it usually inspires very positive memories for people. Right. So um, it just made sense. But it also inspires, it also kind of leads, it leads you, it does kind of transform you because even though those flavors, no matter what, when it comes to the Caribbean cooking, they also kind of take you away a little bit. Like it's a yeah. different world when you're eating it. Even if it's a simple, yeah. you know, grilled red snapper with salt and pepper on it and a little bit of a, of, of a citrusy fruit that goes with it. Like you're kind of right. like, yeah, exactly. this is awesome. A little bit of heat and you're ready to rock and roll. You kind of just go on vacation for lunch. You know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I like that. I like that. Go on vacation for lunch. So yeah. let me, uh, uh, do you mind if I, if I dive into a little bit of the military stuff? Are you cool with that? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I, I'm first off one, I want to thank you for your service and your husband's thank ultimate you. sacrifice for, for, for what, what he has done. But a lot of times thank what you. happens is we don't really get involved or we don't really think about the spouse and the family on the other end of it. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a tremendous amount that comes in, in the back, the sacrifices that you make moving forward with all of that stuff. What branch was your husband? Uh, uh, Marine Corps. He was Marine Corps. Okay. And yeah. then where was, where was he stationed? He was out of uh, Camp Pendleton. Okay. He was the EXO at Third Lad. Oh, nice. Uh, executive Very nice. Office. He was executive officer, sorry. Uh. <laughs> I still use the lingo a lot. <laughs> That's all right. I, I do a lot with the military. I work with a group called the Mess Lords, and we actually travel okay. all over the world. We cook for the troops. We work directly with Navy Entertainment. So we're, we're not directly involved with the Marines, but we're on bases pretty much throughout the entire year. Um, I just got back from Djibouti, and I got back from Bahrain as well. So I know the life, uh, not not the life that you led, but it is something that, that I've gotten very close with is a lot of the spouses and a lot of the family members by doing this through MWR, which MWR is Morale, Welfare, and Recreation which is kind of a, it's a branch that helps uh, really deployed families kind of live somewhat of a normal life on being on a base in those situations. So it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. Um, How old are your kids? Uh, My children are now, my boys are 23 and 20 and my girls are 17 and 13. Wow. You got a busy household lady. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) You got a busy, busy household. And how, and when, when did your, when did your husband pass? It's, it's been 10 years now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, March, March 30th, it'll be 11 years. Wow. So they were 12, 10, 
six and three when he passed away. And you were at that now, then you're a widowed mom with four kids. At 34 years old, yes. Oh my God. What a, and where were, were yeah. you, were you stateside? Were you still? Yeah, no, we were here in, 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 uh, in California. We had moved here in 2006. He passed away in 2008. So we, we'd only been here a little over two years. No, not even two years yet. Okay. So. All right. I got you. All right. So now, so now you're, you're an accountant for 15 years and uh-huh. all, all of a sudden you're thrown into this world of a, 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 a widowed mom. And how soon, how, how long after your husband passed, did you, did you get involved to create your, your new brand? Um, well, it, I, I took a year off. Um, it, it's, uh, in grief counseling, they, they explain that you should take a year to figure out things like don't make any major decisions for a year. Um, only cause you're going to go through different phases of your grief. So I, I took a year off from accounting and, um, just focused on my kids, focused on myself. And, um, I took up running and I ran the Marine Corps marathon and, um, got with taps and, you know, uh, did as much personal work as I could. Um, cause I needed to be emotionally healthy for my children and for myself. Sure. And then I went back to accounting for a little bit, but we're talking 2009, the economy wasn't that great. Hard. And I found myself in the accounting world. Everyone was just trying to, you know, keep their head above water. So people were getting fired a lot. You know, people were, it was downsizing. It was a lot. It, it just didn't help with where I was emotionally. Sure. I wanted to be in a more positive place and I found food to be that positive place. You know, when every, it, well, I mean, for example, uh, you know, during the funeral services and stuff, people, you know, they bring you casseroles. They try to, <laughs> yeah, they food, do, you know, yeah. so it almost seems like a normal, like I can look back on the last 10 years and it, it seems like a normal transition, you know, well, it's also- food is a happy place. And it's kind of funny because we do, we all, you know, I, I remember one of the, like my father passed away in October and I remember one of my father's favorite dishes that he used to cook that we all asked for, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a total kind of memory reminder of different times and places. I mean, you know, here you are, casserole dishes come and abound, you know, and you're probably having memories of the day you had the chicken tetrazzini. You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. that, that shows up and you're like, oh, my God, he, you know, my husband's been, been dead for five days, you know, yeah. at that yeah. point. <laughs> what kind of I mean, what uh, what kind of support is given? And, and uh, this is the way that I interview is kind of all over the place, just so you know, <laughs> what kind of support are you receiving as a widowed mother at that point from the military? Um, you know what? It, it, initially, I have to say that um, my support group was our direct group of friends because okay. um, to, to be honest despite the fact that I was an accountant I probably couldn't balance a checkbook for the first six months I just wasn't <laughs> coherently there you know what I mean um, yeah. but we had um, a very strong support group of other military officers and their spouses you know it's kind of 50 50 you had people who were incredibly supportive and to, to the others I, I was their worst nightmare I'm exactly what everybody dreads. I the, the knock on the door with you know it, it was just like the movies you know where there's someone in dress blues and there's a chaplain knocking on your door. So while we didn't live on base, we lived more of a civilian type life. Um, it was exactly what everybody's scared of. So it's, it it went kind of fifty fifty. I lost very good friends, and other very good friends became family. Yeah. So um uh, so the, the the support was from the military standpoint um. You know, you'll continue to receive benefits, and you know we we had things in place in case of 
Um, till this day, I still get invited to the Marine Corps Ball. And, um, right. you know, obviously we still have base privileges and things of that nature. Um, but it's, and I try to stay active um, as much as I can sure. um, with the base because it's, it's local and important to me. Um, I work with a, a warrior build and they help with uh, PTSD, Marines and our military. Um, right. I think it's very important for them to know, like, I know you're suffering, but you're here. So keep, keep fighting and we're here with you, you know? Exactly. Now, I mean, is this something, and, and if, if at any point it gets you personal, just tell me to go to hell, because, I mean, you're a chef and we're allowed to do that to other people. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what I mean, is this, I mean, you know, prior to your husband being deployed, are you guys, is, is there a conversation of, hey, just so you know, if something does, if something happens, here's the passwords, here's the bank account, here's, you yeah. know what I mean, is there a planning that leads up to something like that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm personally a very practical person. So, right. yes, there was a conversation. If, if, you know, we get the insurance, and how do you want things distributed? How do you want your mother cared for? Yeah. You know, um, we, we had all those conversations, but I think one of the most special conversations we had was probably maybe two nights before he deployed. And, I, you know, he asked me, did I, did I want a, you know, a, a letter in case something happened? I said, is there anything in that letter that you have not told me? And right. he said, no. I, and I think... Um, I think back on that, and it's, I, it's kind of a recommendation I give everybody. Like, don't wait to write it in a letter. Live it. Yeah. Live it. Love it now. It shouldn't come in a letter after the fact. There should be no doubt of how that person felt about you. There right. should be no need to. Um, so that's probably one of the most important things that I, I think I took out of it, and I continue to live throughout my life. Like, let people know they're loved in life, not after. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, I, I, look, I'm a hundred percent. I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to stuff like this. I, I discuss everything, you know, before I leave my house, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a single dad. I have two girls. Um, you know, I'm a divorced dad, but, but I still, I have two girls that I have to take care of. And before every trip, I mean, there's a conversation that I have with my girls before I leave, like, Hey, is there anything you guys need to know? You know, let's go through everything. I'm leaving for three days, but you know, here's where this is. And my girls are like, Oh my God, dad, we get it. We know. <laughs> You know, and yeah. you become that pain in the ass person to go through that stuff. So it's kind of yeah. wild. But uh, but I, you know, but I, I do. And I tell them, hey, guys, I love you. I miss you. I wake them up at five o'clock in the morning when I've got a car coming, you know, and still yeah. I'm a pain, I'm the pain in the ass dad. So. Um, all right. So so now moving forward, not to, to get away from that, but that's that's not the only reason we're talking. So now, you know, you take your year off, you find you kind of reestablish or reignite your love for where you're from. So uh -huh. what are you doing? How do you how do you start moving forward? Um, within the accounting field, my my specialty was to uh, uh, reconciliation and, and reconstruction. So basically, I used to consult for businesses that were failing and how they can, you know, get on the green side of things. And one of the businesses that I did was a, a little sandwich shop that was kind of flailing. And, um, you know, I gave them some, you know, I did my consulting job, whatever. And then they said, well, maybe we should just sell. And I kind of liked the location. I was like, well, what would you consider selling for? And they, you know, threw a number out there. I was like, you know what? I, I can turn this around. I've done it for many businesses. Why not do it for myself? Sure. And, you know, I, I did my marketing research. You know, I applied all the principles that I had from business classes and um, turned it into a Caribbean spot. I didn't want to say just Puerto Rican food because a lot of the food in, in the Caribbean is very similar when you go from island to island. Like if you think about the entomology of that food or the, yeah, it's it's 
you know, there's a Dutch influence, there's a Spaniard influence, there's, um, you know, after the abolition of slavery, they brought in indentured servants from China and India, so you have those influences. And um, so I didn't want to do just Puerto Rican food. I kind of wanted to give a taste of the entire Caribbean. So there right. was a jerk chicken and there was a St. Croix brisket, but I wanted to do the smoked meat. I don't know, a lot of people don't realize the word barbecue comes from the Spanish word barbacoa. Yeah. And... Um, it, it has to do with the smoking, the undesirable cuts of meat. So Absolutely. You took the long, so the, they would give the slaves the crappy cuts of meat, and they made them into delicacies, what we know sure. now to be, you know, very expensive cuts. So I thought it was important to kind of bring that. And, you know, like I said, I did my marketing research. I'm in Semecula, Marietta area. There's no Caribbean spots for 100 miles. And um, it just kind of went from there. And then I had an opportunity to be on TV, and that just kind of launched it even further. And just it, it, it exploded, you know. And it's great. Right. I loved it. Now, when so so TV, let's let's kind of go into that. So what what brought you to that that point? And you were on Supermarket Superstar. So tell us about that. Yes. So um, I had a client of mine who just loved my food. Uh, his name was Jeff Grace. He is the vice president of California's uh, Garlic King. And um, nice. someone got to him about a food show that was going on, and someone had dropped out, and he suggested me. Okay. And, you know, funny funny story is that I was expecting these people to come to the restaurant. I've been waiting and waiting, but they didn't tell me what day. And right. the day they decided to come, I had promised my kids that I would take them ice skating over in Old Town. So they came in, and, you know, kids are packing into the car, and I was like, Really, I've been waiting for you, but I made a commitment to my kids first. Right. So, however, my staff is going to take care of you. The food is there. Um, we can talk later, but my kids come first. And I, I guess that kind of got them, that I wasn't willing to, you know, pass it up the time yeah. with my children. And next thing you know, they're calling me in for an interview and, you know, come do the show. And um, the, the category was barbecue sauces, and I won. <laughs> wow. And it was Uh, home recipes, right? Bring them to market. Okay. Um. So I did my my it's uh Caribbean jerk barbecue sauce. <laughs> I'd never done TV like that before. I knew it would proliferate business, obviously. Of course. And, um. It was a perfect opportunity, and so God blessed me with the situation, so I took advantage of it. Right. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, I did. So I did a lot of. I, I honestly had never seen the show before, and I had done a lot of. I did some research on it, and um, it was a cool little, kind of a cool little thing. I mean, Debbie Fields being in there, and uh, from Mrs. Fields Baker, and all that stuff. Uh, Bakers. It was pretty. Yeah. Cool, uh, to kind of get into that. Plus, it's 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 kind of neat because in in this day and age of reality based shows and what happens, and you know, people get a hundred grand or they get fifty grand or ten grand or something like that. But in, in this case, you guys actually got something that went directly to market. People don't realize, you know, within the the, the grocery industry, the retail side of things. Um, for one, the show keeps contracts. Um, so, for example, I have a five-year contract that's going to expire in November in which they had the first right. So if I did get my product to market, they'd have to either match it or distribute it themselves. Um, so I've held off on, the, on taking it to market because of that. Um, basically, you know, I, I want to keep as much revenue as I possibly can. Um, the second aspect is um, bringing stuff to retail. You know, the dirty little secret is you're paying for shelf space. If it's 
yeah. returned, damaged, stolen, you're going to pay for that. Yep. So a product that may be 6 or $7 on the shelf, you might be only making 10, 25 cents on it. Yep. You know? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that people don't realize from the retail side. The commercial side can be a little better. One, you're, you know, going in bigger portions. Um, any, any type of manufacturing has a minimum. My distributor, Hyden Foods, has a 70-gallon minimum. So I need somebody to buy 70 gallons. Otherwise, I'm, it's going to sit on a pallet somewhere. Right. You know? Yeah. So there's a, there's a number of factors that go into it. So these last five years, I've been learning a lot about the industry. Um, so it, I've been patient. And uh, like I said, I got the S letter. I got the UPC. We're working on the branding. Developing the relationships that'll, that'll take to make it successful. Now, are you using, are you using a... Uh uh, kind of a middleman or using a broker on the product, or are you going to be doing a lot of this in your own? Um, I, I, I will be doing most of it on my own. Um, mainly, like I said, I did some research, for example, uh, Trader Joe's, uh, Whole Foods, uh, those type of distributors, they are those, those type of retailers. They can actually make choices on a local level, as opposed to Albertsons, you may be distributing to the entire West coast. Right. And I, exactly. I don't have the resources to, because again, you have to create the product. You have to, you know, get it to their distribution centers, and then they have to sell it before you ever get paid. Right. So you have and to be sitting on some cash. You know, you got to have cash underneath. Yeah. When I, I actually, right. when I had left the restaurant industry of of the day to day operation of being a corporate executive chef and doing all that stuff, I actually left and went into a distribution end where I created frozen seafood products for every major grocery store chain, pretty much in the world. And it is, it is a, it's a disgusting cutthroat business. It's disgusting. They will not shelf you over three cents a a bottle, you know, and you're, and, and, you know, you, you'd look at that, that ice cream case, that end cap, and you're not realizing that they're paying five grand a week just to have their ice cream in that case. Yeah. You know, just your end cap and your, yeah. Um, I level, you know, the dirty little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as consumers, we take a lot of things for granted. But when you enter that world and you find out, you know, the illuminators, you remember the illuminators from the grocery industry? They're, they're yeah. running a lot, you know, and well, they the are. brokers, we- they go from place to place. Yeah. And it's and it's uh, and the funny part is that that the product itself ends up getting lost. So it really makes yeah. more sense to get involved. I mean, look, yeah, absolutely. Would I love to sell to a, a Target? Would I love to sell to a Walmart? Yeah, you know, I would. But, but what you're missing on is you're missing profit because you're mm-hmm. really doing an, uh, what they call, you know, an everyday low price. So you're doing mm-hmm. the, you know, the ELPs for that sort of stuff. You're going in and, right. and you're, you know, what you would sell it to a Trader Joe's on a local level at $3 and 50 cents, you're selling to a Walmart at a dollar 90. You know, right. I mean, it's, it's a, a, you know, slow, slow dying, fast nickel concept. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, I mean, if the product doesn't sell, it's sit on the shelf for three months and you know, then it's got to go, then you're taking it back. You know, you're yeah. having to have accept that at back. It's uh-huh. a tough world, man. It's a really tough world. So I don't understand. So, so you we so you did the show and you did the show in 2013, okay. correct? Five, five years ago, yeah. Yeah. So you did five. So five years ago. So what what is happening during this five years with 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 product? I mean, why are they not having that product go out on the shelf as soon as you win? So, I mean, everything's there for you. Right. Um, the the premise of the show, uh, the uh, 
the buyer was from A&P stores, which, as you know, they're in the northeast. Right. Um, that wasn't necessarily my market. The east coast has Caribbean pretty well covered. I knew the west coast was what needed more Caribbean stuff. Right. Um, and uh, the, the only the, so they had nine episodes with different categories. And then the, the, they chose three of the winning episodes to be in the final. The final did get developed. Okay. Um, the rest of us, you got your prize money. Um, so okay. technically I was fourth. I, I actually stayed in a hotel for a couple of days in case somebody dropped out uh, for Casey's purposes. <laughs> but um, the, the uh, Smuggies, uh, ice cream cookies. Um, and in speaking with her, um, unfortunately, the other thing is that they develop it however they want to. And yeah. she didn't think the end product was truly representative of her product. Again, when you make something at home, sure. we don't necessarily follow commercial things. Like, for example, I did not boil my hot sauce ingredient. Well, in order to be on the shelf, you add, when you bottle, it needs to be hot. Right. So that changed the color, that changed the flavor, that changed a lot of things when you do things commercially than when you do at home. At home, you may do something that takes 10 hours. They're not going to do that in a, in, a, in a manufacturing plant. Not, not for They're 70 gallons. Fastest, exactly. They're yeah. going to do it the fastest, you know, most inexpensive way. So it, um, they weren't necessarily interested. It's a, it's a TV show. They were interested in the TV show. Right. You know? Okay. I mean, the truth is, I got on the show, and they had never even tried the product. They liked the yeah. story. They liked my personality. They liked my look. But they never tried the product. Right. Which is actually really good. But it's TV. Yeah. You know, so we can't get caught up in this Instagram society of, of being don't famous forget. for being famous. You and know? don't forget, it's reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> which right. is which is one of the more the the far farthest fetched things from what there is. So, yeah. and, and I talk to reality people all the time. Look, I did reality for a long time. You know, I I, I did it uh -huh. for three years. I did a bunch of episodes. I loved my time on. I've I don't do reality in that situation anymore. It's just not a world that mm -hmm. I live in. My stuff that I do is totally yeah. different now. But. So, so, and I've never been in, in, in a hell's kitchen, top chef, supermarket show. Like those are worlds that I just, yeah. I would not get into. I'm not a competition guy. So for you, yeah. how long away, how, how long were you away? Um, I was only away for a week for my, oh, for my okay. episode taping. Yeah. Okay. It was just a week and it was right here in, in Southern California, uh, with the newer shows, you know, uh, they, you know, they keep the budget small. And then last year I did one for a food channel. Um, again, TV was not my goal. I, I, I think I have a face for radio personally, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, um, I, I'm looking at your picture I, uh, right here. You're, you're a beautiful, you're, I mean, you're a beautiful woman and you're, you're, you've got you, that Caribbean Puerto Rican look to you, which, which is, <laughs> look, I mean, I'm just going to say it as a guy who's on TV, it's great for TV. I, so I've heard, but I, I don't necessarily not, I, I'm about my food. Like I could say. I don't want to be in front of the camera. I want my oh, no. to be in front of the camera. Right, right, of course. So of course. Uh, another friend of mine, Rosie, she had uh, she wanted to do a TV show, and someone had reached out to me. Because once you do one show and you do well, they keep reaching out to you. Yeah. And she wanted to do one. It, it was a team effort, and we did a farmer's market flip, and right. we won that. And that was over, over here at you know, Hamburg Flea Market. We were in an Asian market, a Mexican and a Puerto Rican making food that we love. Using oh, Asian cool. ingredients, which is really interesting. So well, we did that one too. It makes you think too, which is which is in and the cool part about it is in those situations, it's really kind of neat 
because it yeah. is more about you know you're you're being judged on your creativity and your and your skill as opposed exactly. to just one thing so you really do have to you've got you've got to bring it really is what it comes yeah. down to That's so why I like like top I top is actually really cool so why don't you go the on top using uh I cuz I don't necessarily want TV. That's not really what I want to do. <laughs> but, but I mean, look, in, in the situations like that, it's not like you're doing a Hell's Kitchen type world. You know, you're not being sequestered right. for six weeks. You're not living in a hotel where they're looking for drama, you know, of you at the end of a day, you know, because those are the yeah. situations I'm not a fan of. I don't watch Hell's Kitchen. I don't watch any of those things. I'll watch it chopped every now and then because of the fact that I think that it really, that, that, that spitfire rapid fire uh kind creativity. of creativity yeah it's really impressive to me you know i like yeah. look at that stuff it because it, in my mind that is more appealing to a home cook than a hell's kitchen type mm-hmm. situation because guess right. what right you you throw me Definitely. a popsicle you throw me a cherry popsicle an avocado uh you know a side of grouper <laughs> And some sun-dried cherries, and I've got to make something awesome out of that. That is the type of stuff that you're going to have in your refrigerator. You know, so so I think in, in any of those reality settings that Chopped would be something that would be a little bit more fun. And, hey, look, you get a yeah. lot of recognition for that stuff, and it really does help your brand at the same time. Yeah, Definitely. So what's going, so what's kind of next for you? I mean, you're, you're doing your private chef business. Now, do you still have mm-hmm. the brick and mortar location? I, I do not. I closed the brick and mortar a couple of years ago. Uh, having to do more with the landlord. Right. And uh, continued doing catering and private events. Uh, another thing was, uh, you know, my kids were getting older and I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be at the baseball games. I want to be on the softball field. I want them to, go on the field trips with them and stuff like that. So I had to kind of pull back on that and um, focus on them. My youngest is now 13. So I have a five year and that once she graduates high school, I'd like to travel more and maybe, you know, vlog it, um, places to eat, where to stay, you know, very Anthony Bourdain-ish. Um, I travel and do all the things I, I couldn't because I was a single mom, you know, and I had to focus on them and their school schedules and things like that. So, sure. um, I, I think down the road, that's probably what I'll be doing. You'll see them nice. uh, on a hammock in the Caribbean somewhere. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that at all. I just had a hammock up on Lake George in New York. It was the best. Right, those naps, man. Those naps are everything. (laughs) Oh my God, it's the best. So, uh, so now, I mean, you're doing Private Chef, and you're doing a little, you know, a little bit of TV here and there. Your product. So, are you going to bring the product directly to market? I mean, is that a goal for you at this point? Um, the goal. I think I'm going to go the commercial route first, and let the the product. You know, you have to have a proof of concept. You shouldn't go into retail without a proof of concept. Yeah. So I'm going to um, go on the commercial side, uh, most likely local first, um, you know, uh, sports bars for your hot wings, you know, um, uh, keep it local first and then hopefully, you know, get some investors that can help me launch to that next level. Because it's going to take a lot of capital to go oh, to yeah. the retail side that I don't currently have. So Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a lot of money to do it. Just between, I mean, shit, the bottles alone are $1.25 a piece. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to keep it made in the USA. Like I really believe in that. Oh, your bottles um, are 75. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's <laughs> so, not, it, yeah. It's, it's a scary world. I mean, uh, yeah. 
you know, it is. It's unbelievable. I mean, even my spices, you know, my spices alone, my spice mix itself, I want to say it cost me 47 cents to fill each bottle. But my bottles were 92 cents. The lids were 31. The labels were 22. You know, then you've got to get involved in the packing and everything else. And it's just, you know, there's no way to realistically, unless you're selling hundreds of thousands of bottles, I give more away as marketing than I actually do selling any of them anyway. Same, same, same here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, but I but I truly believe if you get it into the right hands, sure, there may be somebody out there who can help you with it. Yeah, but the absolutely. fact is, you know, a, a broker is going to make his money whether he sells it for you or not. Um, they'll never have the passion that you have for selling your product. You know what goes into it, um, and you have to look at who your market is. Yeah, you know, there's a Trader Joe's is a different market than Walmart. And it they're, and they're I really like the idea of Trader Joe's, and I like the way that they do stuff. But I also like the fact that it is. It's a very small skew list that they have. So it's not right. 27 barbecue sauces that are sitting in front of you. Right. There's three. You know, yeah. I, I always, somebody once said to me, the average grocery store has about 40,000 items within their grocery uh-huh. store. The average Costco has 4,000 items. Yeah. So if you think about that, I'm going in and I'm either buying Heinz ketchup or I'm buying Hunt's. I'm going right. into the grocery store and I'm either buying Z's barbecue sauce or I'm buying Hunt's barbecue sauce. Right. You know, so and there's, I, there's, I can't, I can't compete with craft. You no. know what I mean? Like 99 cents a bottle and let's face it, all of us doctor it up anyway. I mean, nobody just puts that barbecue sauce directly on their food. I hope not. But <laughs> yeah, I think of, uh, who was it? Uh, Sweet Baby Ray's is now yeah. being distributed by, by craft. Yeah, absolutely. It is. So that was he, a brilliant he made a name for himself as a, Dude, I was like, he, he made it. He, totally he did. did. How long did it, it is? It is the standard of barbecue sauces at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you're right. And yes, Kraft totally owns that. I don't know what the buyout was, but that's a brilliant. I mean, look, Sweet Baby Ray's. That's exactly it. Now, I, I mean, how many of us know what this whole, the whole backstory behind Sweet Baby Ray is? You know, was he a food scientist who just decided to create something or was he a guy who was sitting in his back, you know, in this backyard throwing together some molasses and some ketchup? Yeah. I mean, we, exactly. we don't really know that. So, so uh, real, real quick, well, I want to get into the field story, you know, what'd you say? Mrs. Field. She was yeah. a, a 20 year old homemaker that made good cookies. She was, but a her tw- husband was an executive who knew how to market that. Right. I mean, Betty Crocker so, was a similar world. I mean, she was kind of the yeah, same, thing, famous, you know, famous. But we don't have any of those anymore. Those are few and far between. <laughs> it's not out there because everybody yeah. now, while well, I make really good cookies, I mean, look, my ex-girlfriend, who, who's a wonderful human being, and she makes the greatest cookies that I've ever eaten. The greatest cookie that I've ever eaten. But this poor girl's busting her ass right now. She's killing herself, yeah. making cookies, working a full-time job, going to farmer's markets, going to market with different stuff because she wants to sell her cookies. And look, it's a $4 cookie, you know, it's, oh. it's an expensive cookie. So how do you put that into a package and market that on another level? And, you know, a part of that process is letting the cookie dough sit for 24 hours. You know, what, mm-hmm. what mass manufacturer is going to let a cookie dough sit for 24 hours without adding in some form of chemical that's going to speed up that chemical reaction faster than what is 24 hours. So, 
Right. It's kind of a shame when we think about it, how we we all started with this amazing, these amazing products, you with your barbecue sauce, you know, you never boiling your barbecue sauce, you know, you having your product, but because of, 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 of corporate corporation, well, yeah, we'll make your sauce for you, but we need to make some adjustments to it. We need to add high right. fructose corn syrup into it. We need to add this stabilizer. We've got to add this additional flavoring agent to it. So the world of Z creating an amazing barbecue sauce turns into, well, it's almost as good as mine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's insane. exactly what, what, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so now how, how is the chef business? I mean, are you, are you, are you killing it right now? I mean, you know, you've got some exposure coming <laughs> in from the other end and, and you're a state, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a mom with four kids. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging at times, uh, doing that balance. Um, cause I still want to have a dating life too, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, that's uh a, at the end of the, one. at the end of what's that, I just went through another one. So I know the feeling <laughs> just went through another one. <laughs> was it Taylor Swift said, I, I, I can't make him stay. Um, oh. It is. It's <laughs> unbelievable. What a horrible <laughs> existence it is in this world anymore. Oh. Uh, just keep just keep swiping left. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scariest part about it. I mean, seriously, look, like, you know, we we that is our world. It is all about we're cataloging human beings. We yep. swipe right, you know, if you swipe right on 50 people, you might have a conversation with one of them. Might. Yeah. <laughs> And I did research. I actually had a, my, my old partner and I had a, had a podcast that he and I did that he was a Tinder fanatic. He loved Tinder. So I went on to Tinder uh -huh. to find out really what it was about. And I did research and I was nice to people. I was a dick to people. The number one thing that I would say to people that I would actually get a response. And it was like 74% response was, you ready for this? You would think it would be, hey, how are you? Or you look, you know, great picture or whatever. No, it's why the fuck are you on Tinder? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, that was, and I wasn't on there for dating. I was on there specifically, and I've gone out with, with maybe three people that I've met on Tinder in like four years or two years or whatever it is. But, uh -huh. uh, but I'll tell you honestly, why the fuck are you on Tinder was the number one thing that I would put up there that somebody would actually respond to. It was crazy. Wow. Professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, stay-at-home moms, bartenders, uh, uh, nurses, <laughs> teachers. Oh, my God. There's more teachers on there than anything else. <laughs> it's insane. And I could never. Z, I'm going to say it to you right forward. I could never even fathom being a woman on a social day dating site. I couldn't imagine <laughs> the shit that I... I I've heard it all. I've seen the pics, my friend. I have seen them. I've seen women discuss them. Ours. I've seen women say, watch this, send a message to somebody on Tinder. And then immediately within three minutes, they've got a dick pic in front of them. Oh yeah. Those are, yeah. The minute you're single, it's like dildos everywhere. <laughs> it's a different world, my friend. And yeah. we're, and we're like regular people. Like I want to meet somebody. I want to have that uh -huh. relationship. I want to move forward. I have two girls. I'm, you know, my girls are 17 and 14. You have the same situation. Yeah. And, and yeah. what do we find? Find just really fucked up individuals. You know, I, I'm, I'm 44 now. I remember when, you know, going on, on, not even online in the paper, it was for losers, right? 
because yeah. they can't go into social scenarios. Um, for me, you know, I'm busy. So whatever free time I have, I'm going to screen you before I even, I'm not meeting up for coffee if you're a dick. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different. <laughs> well, but I mean, and then what happens is you go out with somebody and you get home from that situation. You walk in your front door, you lay down, you know, you say goodnight to your kids, you kiss the ba the babysitter goodbye, whatever it works out to be. You go upstairs, you lay in bed, you hop back right on the site, and you swipe, you start swiping again. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're almost not even giving an opportunity for that person because it's, it's an instantaneous thing. It's an yeah, instant gratification. It's, it's, it's relationship drive-through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I call it human cataloging. It is never yep. ending. We are, we are just, we're stocking them up to see who's going to, what cream is going to rise to the top. Mm -hmm. What a horrible experience. Our parents <laughs> had it so easy. They met, dated, they fell in love. They got married they bought a house. They didn't have to worry about cable and insurance and, you know, all the other bullshit that comes along with it. It's a wild world. I know, right? <laughs> well, um, so do me a favor real quick. Talk to me about Reality Rally. How did that happen for you and how did you get involved in all of that? Um, Reality Rally, uh, I met Jillian. Uh, we, did, we were doing a fundraiser together at a golf tournament for one of the local high schools. And... And, and the exposure that we get in the area. And so the last five years, I always volunteer and I do food and do the celebrity chef thing. It's for uh, research at Michelle's Place. Um, now, the last three years, or three years, we've been doing chef cook-off, like um, chopped reality rally version. Um, it's a great community event. Everyone comes together. We have the amazing race. We have the meet and greet at the winery. Um, and it's just, it's a really fun way to create both awareness and breast cancer research. That's cool. Level. That's cool. And how many years have you been involved? The show, the show aired in September and I could not, obviously I could not give the results. So right. I didn't get to do reality rally that year, but I did donate food. And then subsequently I've, I've been doing it. So it's, it's been five years now. That's cool. That's really pretty cool. And it's in your backyard pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I know my buddy Brad Bohannon goes out every every now and then and, uh -huh. uh, from, know, Brad, yeah. from Bar Rescue. Brad's an awesome dude. Brad's one of my dear friends. He actually was my, uh, we're brothers in a, in a fraternity. Yes, I'm a 47-year-old fraternity boy. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I have not a single problem with that at all. But, um, all right. Well, cool. Well, Z, well, Z I really want to thank you. It, 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 was, it was a pleasure talking to you and, and getting you on here. And, and I, I have to say, to everybody who's out there, you guys have no idea what I've put this poor woman through. We <laughs> schedule, we cancel, we schedule, we cancel. We've had a crazy, crazy world of running around over here and travel and, uh, and all that stuff. So Z, I really want to thank you for hopping on with me and spending some time out of your day and, and sharing some information. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. And I wish you the best of luck in, 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 in the dating world for you. <laughs> I'll let you know. Stay, watch my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll follow it all, my friend. Thanks, Z. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Take care. Do me a favor last time. Tell everybody how they can get in contact with you in case they want to have some Caribbean love in their life. And I mean that not right, on the Tinder side. I mean in the food side. <laughs> I said both. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> you can go to www.tropical.bbq.com. Awesome. Awesome. And then your Instagram and Twitter? 
Tropical BBQ. Tropical BBQ. All right, Coolio. Hey, Z, thanks so much again. I appreciate it. Go take care of yourself. Have a great afternoon and uh, keep killing it, my friend. All right, you too. Man, I love super cool people like that. And it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, I did my research on her. I found out a lot about her. I, I, I did know about some of the military stuff. And I honestly did not know that her husband passed away, even though it is out there. But I, I didn't. I didn't follow up on that too much because I was really more interested in the in the professional side of the stuff that, that goes on. Um, but pretty amazing that uh, uh, that 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 similar worlds that that we all kind of live in. You know, I mean, she's a single mom. She's done the shows. She's done all that. She's now out there in that dating dating world. It's kind of uh, uh, kind of funny how that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, I, just a super cool lady. I really appreciate her hopping on. And seriously, guys, you have no idea what we did. We would literally schedule and then cancel because we just, you know, things have been so crazy. And I feel so bad to a lot of my guests. We had to cancel two yesterday as well um, that I'm really not 100% happy about. But it's it's the nature of the beast sometimes with doing this. When I don't do it every single day, it gets a little bit nutty trying to put it all together. So, um, so everybody do me a favor and go and check her out. It's, uh, her Facebook is, uh, uh, Ziamara, uh, the Instagram and Twitter, uh, you've got tropical BBQ. And then that website is Caribbean foods, Inc.com. Check her out. Uh, she is the chef and owner of tropical barbecue, personal chef services. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, she's got some neat stuff here. Best in barbecue and in inland empire magazine featured chef for Kroger winner of, uh, Dia de Paella, Frangipani winery. Uh, featured in e-magazine for female executives, reality rally, reality rally celebrity chef. I don't know. I've never done reality rally. It's not something that I ever really got into. Um, I know, pardon me. I know they raised some money for some pretty, pretty cool stuff. So it's kind of neat, but, uh, huh. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever do it because it's not my gig, uh, my shtick, but uh, that's pretty cool. So anyway, all right, everybody, we're going to get out of here real quick. I want to thank you guys all for hanging out with us. Um, you guys know all the rules. Do me a favor. I want you guys to check this out real quick. I have a consulting company. I do a tremendous amount of really, really cool stuff. And I would love for you guys to check out my stuff. And my website is duffifiedexperiencegroup.com. So get over there and see what I can do for you if you're in the hospitality industry, struggling, need to make some changes, get that staff put back in line. I'm a big fan of that. Go and do that. Also, check out the boys down there, radioinfluence.com. Jerry and Jason are the masters of all thing podcasts. Great shows that they put out on a weekly basis. Definitely check out Maggie Gagliardi. She does all of our illustrations. Wonderful, brilliant human being. And then we got Michelle out there at Techno Solution. She does all my websites. And boys and girls, I'm going to tell you this. She also develops and designs menus for everybody. She does about 80% of my clients. She does their menus. And the only reason that the other 20% don't is because they have in-house graphic designers that do it. Michelle is an amazing human being, a wonderful, wonderful woman, very, very talented. She loves putting menus together because it's outside of the box for the norm of what she does. So she does a great job at it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to Duffified Live. I'll talk to you later. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. 
I'm Tracy Beans, host of the new podcast, Dark to Light with Frank and Beans on Radio Influence. It's a new show about politics, but not the way you're used to. What we talk about is actually true. And it's also stuff they don't want you to hear. So we bring it to you weekly. All the intrigue and spin and double talk spelled out for you right with my co-host Frank's special flavor of commentary. Don't miss him. He's an experience. So join us. Dark to Light with Frank and me, Tracy Beans, drops each Friday on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.